you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B and J-Mac are on tap as well. Um, this is our tech week of sorts. We are taking a, a close look at uh, technology and its impact on children mm-hmm. and talking about what families can do to be vigilant. It's so easy to just kind of give in to wherever the culture is. Yeah. And in all areas, it's easy to do this in all areas. Right. And technology is just another one of those areas. Um, before we get into that kind of setting up the show, um, I would just let you know that Dr. Gary Chapman is going to be on with us as well as Arlene Pelican. Um, they're joining us to discuss their book. One is a reboot. Actually, one was written, uh, Screen Kids, the original was written back in 2014, but things have changed so much <laughs> since 2014. Um, kids are way more uh, steeped in technology, spending way more time on screens mm-hmm. uh, for a number of reasons. It's not just... Um, I think what we would have thought of as sort of the typical warnings. Yeah. Um, but now kids are spending time on screens specifically for schools. You talk about uh, Zoom classrooms and things like that. And right, so we're going to talk right. about that today. Um, but then also they've added um, to this book, grandparenting screen kids. Mm. So talk about <laughs> some of those generational gaps yeah, there. Yeah. And um, man, I was I was uh, thumbing through the grandparenting uh, screen kids book mm-hmm. and um they go to meddling just a little bit, <laughs> but it's it's really good. So just let our listeners know, um, we we do have uh, copies to give away. So we have one copy of Screen Kids to give away and one copy of Grandparenting Screen Kids to give away, um, hopefully to two different people. And yeah. so just keep listening for that. If we don't do it today, it will happen tomorrow. So make sure you stay, stay tuned for that. Um, the Grandparenting Screen Kids. <laughs> it's the real deal all right it's the real deal um and and hopefully we'll get to explore this uh with dr gary chapman and arlene pelican hopefully we'll get to explore this um in a way that will be helpful because one of the things that they touch on that i think when we talk about you know intergenerational living and the blessing that parents can be or i'm sorry grandparents can be to parents Mm -hmm. we don't talk about the burnout that happens in grandparents Mm. And how sometimes there can even be a little bit of resentment that kind of builds up. But in, you know, five love languages fashion, <laughs> that gets explored yeah. and that gets dealt with. There you go. So screen kids, grandparenting yes. screen kids. We're going to give away a copy of that. Hopefully our listeners will stick around. Okay. Um, can we get some of the housekeeping out of the way and sure. talk about some of the news here? Um, one thing, mm-hmm. the marriage family date night that's happening in Hattiesburg. Yes. On August the 24th. Yes. Yes. I think uh, we're done with registration. Are we? Well, I haven't heard the, the latest number, so I don't know. Okay. Um, so the, so the last, yeah, the okay. last message I got from um, Jade is that there are only 14 spots open. Okay. So, well, 
Sound like you're getting to the end of the road. That's, okay. That's, All right. <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't uh, heard the latest. You've heard of the latest, but mm-hmm. uh, that's happening August twenty fourth in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And so, if you, I, I guess if if you you can still register, if there's fourteen spots left. I don't know how long ago. That's what I you heard, heard this that. morning. This morning, I say okay. heard. That's what I read. <laughs> that's it's always what you heard. But that's what I read this morning um, in one of in one of Jade's uh, thorough thorough updates. Okay. Um, okay. About what's going on. She well, said that there are only 14 spots left. Well, there you go. Uh, so. Yeah, so register now. You know, get one of those spots if they're not already taken. But uh, it's, it's going to be or a good two time. Of those spots. Yeah, it's going to be a good time to celebrate marriage, uh, and we need to do that. You know, in the society we're living in, that tears down marriage. You know, even within the church, we we have to celebrate marriage. You know, because this is an institution that God has given us. Uh, that mm-hmm. should be celebrated. It's beautiful. Yeah. And so uh, if you want to join us, as August 24th in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. You go to marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net, and you can go and register there. You have to register by the 17th, but it seems like, you know, we're getting real close to yeah. or, capacity. Or so by the 17th or the close of registration. Sure. So. Yes. <laughs> uh, so either way, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And make sure you, if you want to email us, you can email us at, at Addison's at AFR.net, mm-hmm. Addison's at AFR.net. And if you want to follow us on Facebook, just go to Airing the Addison's. Uh, search for that, and you can uh, see the broadcast live as well. Uh, one other thing I, I want to announce that we are going to give away. So we're going to give away uh, two of these books, the Screen Kids books, um, one for parents and then the one for grandparenting mm-hmm. uh, Screen Kids. And then also want to give away um, Dr. Gary Chapman. And Ron Deal's book, uh, mm. Building Love Together and Blended Families. We talked to Ron Deal uh, last week, and yes. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. And <clears throat> excuse me, I wanted to make sure to give away a copy of that book as well. So hopefully our listeners will keep listening for that because we're also going to give away a copy of that. There you go. Uh, whenever we come across resources that I think, man, it's it's one thing for us to interview the the guests and. Um, many of our listeners will go and get a copy themselves. Mm-hmm. I like for us to be able to invest and to be a blessing to our listeners. So yes. um, if that doesn't happen today, Lord willing, maybe it'll happen on Friday. Yes. I say tomorrow, but tomorrow's Wednesdays with Will. Yes. And I can't tell you <laughs> what to do on your show. <laughs> there you go. So It's our show. I just hosted on that day. Do a wonderful <laughs> All right. So well, I wanted to throw this out at you just to kind of get the conversation going, okay. um, thinking about what parents are up against when yeah. it comes to um, parenting kids in today's culture mm-hmm. where screens are everywhere. It's, it's sort of like almost an expectation that your kid has a phone. Yes. That your kid has some sort of device that mm-hmm. your kid is going to be on mm-hmm. and that it's nonstop um, unfettered access. Do you find this um, something difficult Mm -hmm. to navigate or have you just kind of accepted that this is the world that we're living in? I think it's difficult to navigate not only for your kids, but for yourself, (laughs) for Mm -hmm. parents. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I I think that's a a constant um, maybe uh, wrestling that you go through because kids want what they see. Other kids have, you know, stuff Mm -hmm. like that, you know, phones and devices and things like that. And if you have your a certain standard or some, a certain rule in your house, you have to stick to it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, our kids don't have phones. Um, and that's a rule in our house. And that's that a rule we in the house. Now we yeah. do have tablets, but mm-hmm. they're very much, you know, uh, in our control. 
Yeah. Uh, we can do whatever we want with them. And, and <laughs> they never are tucked away in their room just no. with the tablet. It's, it's right. in a common area. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's a big deal, especially, as, as you mentioned, with, with uh, COVID, you know, and uh, learning from home and, and a lot and a lot more parents are homeschooling. I heard a, I heard um, a stat that in I think it was 2019, uh, like it was three percent as far yeah. as homeschool, and now is they they expect it to be like eleven percent, mm-hmm. like and growing and growing, and growing. So yeah. you know, and I know all homeschoolers don't is not primarily driven by devices, but you no. have more time where devices can be used, and even in the schools, they mm-hmm. give them computers and laptops yeah. and things like that. So it's definitely an issue, and it it, it definitely mm-hmm. is an issue that needs to be talked about, and there should be some parameters and control. Over what's going on. Yeah, I think that some people might say that we are kind of um, behind a little bit in the way that we do technology in our family. We do not allow for unfettered access to technology, um, to devices. Our kids have to ask uh, during the week. They don't they're not allowed to be on devices unless it's for school. Mm-hmm. So unless they have an assignment, which now they're only just now getting into um, using the Internet with um, parental oversight. So yeah. they're only just now getting into that. Um, everything else was old school, um, you know, like even using a thesaurus, mm-hmm. using a concordance, <laughs> using mm-hmm. a dictionary. Right. Um, and all of those things have been good and they've been character building and they're just now getting into using the internet. And so that's one of those things that we have to pay close attention to. And as you said, um, everything is in the common area. Our kids are actually not allowed. And I understand that some people may find this uh, difficult to believe or maybe even oppressive. But our kids are not allowed to be on devices alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even with all of the measures that we have in place, they mm-hmm. we believe that accountability really is helpful. Yeah. So to be in a room with a group of people where if you're having controlled device time and you say we're all here together, anyone can walk up and sit next to you at any second. Right. No problem. Right. Um, and, and since there are six of them, <laughs> wow, and I think we just heard from one. And since, <laughs> oh, really? since, yeah, I'm glad you didn't hear that. I don't know um, if Timmy have anything to say about the devices. Run know, it back. Yet. Um, <laughs> since there's six of them, there's always going to be somebody climbing on someone else. Right. And, and we do that on purpose <laughs> so, on so that there is, yeah, sure. Would so you that there it? is accountability. <laughs> and, yeah. and that's what, that's one of the things that we have said, we have empowered our kids to be able to ask questions of one another. Hey, what are you looking at? Mm-hmm. Hey, what are you doing? And at any second we can say, hey, what are you doing? And there is there is an answer given or the screen can be turned around. This is yeah. what I'm doing. And I think sometimes parents feel like, well, that just seems like you don't trust your kids. It's like, no, I don't trust the world. <laughs> I don't trust the world. And and we understand the world that we live in. There's a lot that we, um, for lack of a better word, kind of clean up on the devices mm-hmm. before we hand them over. There's a lot that we remove and that we block and um, have notices set up on our phone. And there's a lot that they can't do on the device just because I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's vital at their ages that they're able to do that. They don't have phones because they don't need them. There may be a time soon Mm -hmm. that they will need them, Mm -hmm. but they don't have to have phones that have Internet on them. Right. They don't have to have phones. Guys, listen, they don't even have to have phones that take pictures. (laughs) What? I know. (laughs) I know. You know, no offense to the old school phones, but a dumb phone can still serve you well. And, you know you what know, I mean? And, and look, the, the thing is, this is called parenting. Like, yeah. you know, it takes it, a lot more it, effort. Yeah, it, it may not be, you know, um, it, it may seem to some like, oh, man, it's overbearing. No, we're helping our, our children. You yeah. know, like you said, you don't trust the world. But also, I remember what it was like to be uh, a kid, you know, and, and look, 
quite honestly, I needed parents because, (laughs) you know, my nature was one of curiosity. And, you know, so like this is all a part of it. And I don't think it should even be seen as like, man, I'm stifling anything. No, we are parenting like we are trying to. Uh, um, be good stewards of what the Lord has given us. And so this is all a part of it. It, Stewardship does not only apply just to like money, like you can steward your family, you know, your children and try to do, you know, what you're supposed to do there as well. So that's exactly right. You know, one of the ways that I look at this, especially like with our children and technology, um, it's like uh, accidentally spilling the milk in the flour. You can't get it out. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you, you, you can't get the milk out of the flour. Like mm-hmm. once it's accidentally <laughs> nice. spilled in there, yeah, that's it. You, you're working yeah. on a recipe and it said to mix these dry ingredients first, then add the wet. You know, you right. don't read all of it and you add the wet and then you see that it's yeah. like, that's it. It's wet. Just throw it all in because yeah. you can't change you can't it. Change and it. I feel like that's how it is with our kids. Once right. they have been exposed to the woes of online life, yeah. uh, you can't change that. And so I'm not so quick to run headlong into that. And we're going to talk about that. And too. look, for the people out there who would say, I hear fear. No, you hear vigilance. <laughs> you, know, like you hear diligence, you know, and trying yeah. to, it, it's not fear. Like we can trust the Lord, you know, um, but also we have a part to play in, in doing our part as parents. And so that's right. What, that's you what know, we're trying to do. I think we live <laughs> in a culture that, that banks on us being concerned that people would think that we're afraid Mm. so that we don't restrain our kids so that we don't um, keep Mm. their natural inclinations in check. You know what I mean? It's almost a little bit provocative to say to a person, what are you afraid of? You know, Mm -hmm. well, um, if we really believe that early exposure to sexual content or Mm. early exposure Mm -hmm. to emotional abuse online, which our kids are suffering at increasing rates, if we really believe that that kind of stuff messes them up uh, long term, then I would say my answer is, man, I'm afraid that they would experience the kind of turmoil and pain that I could spare them if I would only parent. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, because oh, yeah. we're not we're, we're not talking about um, we're not talking about something that is beyond your control. Mm-hmm. We're talking about something that you can control if you would only parent mm. just just show up. And be who God has called you to be. Yeah. And I hate to say it this way. I sound like Sam Witt, <laughs> but be be the boss. <laughs> be the boss. That dude. Be in charge. <laughs> like that's that's your job. You you know your whole life. You probably were that kid that you were like telling people that they're not the boss. Of you. They're not. And then here is your moment where you get to be the boss, and then you don't want to be the boss. <laughs> be the boss. Make the tough decisions. You got to tell people no. You can't mm. do that. You're not allowed to do that. And own it. Yeah. That's yeah. that's called parenting. It's classic. I think it's actually defined that way. <laughs> All right. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll take a break and be right back. You go before I know that you've even gone to win my war. Your love becomes my grace. From the dry wilderness, and all I did was pray. All I did was worship. All I did was bow down. Oh, 
Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Appreciate you listening, spending this time with us. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Francesca Battistelli with Defender. Sherry B. and J-Mac on tap, helping us navigate the show, but Sherry B., Letting us down in the clutch. No, no I'm kidding. No, I'm just kidding, I'm Sherry. Stop. Sherry, I'm just playing with you. <laughs> I am just playing with you. She's working on getting our guests on. <laughs> oh, sorry. She's like, listen. <laughs> All right. Uh, listen. Um, but today, the reason we wanted to do a week where we talked about tech, if I could just kind of unpack this a little bit more, is because one of the things that I am strongly concerned about, and it's hard to have this conversation without sounding like you are accusing parents of mm. not parenting, Mm -hmm. but I'm concerned about the amount of technology that even among Christians that Christian kids are consuming, right? And the effects that it has on them in ways that we don't even imagine, we don't even think about. Just as an example, this week, our kids who we educate at home, the two younger ones of the big three, um, JD and Gabby, were required to memorize a poem. Yeah. And um, (laughs) man, the, the groans that I got over having to memorize this poem. And then there's one you can about guess. There's one who asked, did you have to memorize this poem when you were in school? (laughs) And of course, my answer for this particular poem was no, but there are other poems. You remember you had to memorize things. You had to engage your brain. You memorize, you'd recite, you'd make presentations. And so I was trying to explain, um, no, I didn't have to memorize the poem. Um, And then, you know, my struggles come to the surface, um, which are, but, but you're going to memorize the poem. You know what I mean? And, but then yeah. today, uh, as they were trying to practice it and, and, and memorize it, you, you commented on, mm-hmm. Hey, I had to memorize that poem when I was yeah. in school. Yeah. And I had told them the exact same thing that you said, we weren't in the same room. And so it was like a confirmation. <laughs> and then the groans just intensified, oh, no. but our kids are missing out on this. They're not using that part of their brain where they have to really retain information. They have to practice it. They have to recite it. They're not reading a whole lot. Like everything is in short little blurbs and Mm. um, it's just characters and figures. And I feel like this has a huge impact even on their spiritual lives. I mean, do you, do you see that? Do you gather that? Yeah. Yeah. I I think so. And like you said, exercising your mind, uh, memorizing things, that was a part of, of school. And it's funny when I heard the, uh, (laughs) the poem, I was like, man, I had the road not taken. Yeah. Robert Frost. And, uh, and, and it was, it was just amazing just to hear them having to do that. But yeah, I think, you know, they're not being forced, you know, a lot of times to, to do that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, but that was beneficial, you know, to be able to do beneficial in so many ways. So yeah, I I think that's a a thing that, that should happen more. And I'm look, I I heard JD, (laughs) um, reciting it like to himself, you know, it's like, yeah, get it, man. Yes. You know, he's got so they they had the choice to memorize two stanzas. OK, um, they could choose which two. And so Gabby chose the first two. Mm-hmm. And um, and J.D. said, well, I'm going to choose the first two. And Gabby said, well, I think you should choose the last two and then we can just recite it, you know, together. Right. Yeah. And so I don't understand, like. <laughs> kids are just different today. Yeah. Right. But he's memorizing the last stanza. Then he's going to work his way up to the third one. Yeah, I don't, I and I'm like, how do you get the flow of that? Anyway, no. that's not the whole point. The whole point of what I'm saying <laughs> is that our kids are not pushed in many areas that were common for us. Yeah. And no, I'm wondering right. if this eventually goes to affecting the way that they engage as adults. And I think it still remains to be seen, like what the outcome of that will be. In the meantime, though, mm-hmm. there are certain things. I said this to you this morning. There's a blessing in not having to make things up on your own. 
Yeah. There's yeah. a blessing in having the word of God that we are instructed to lead our kids and to guide our kids and to train our kids. And I think one of the ways that we can do that is making sure that they understand how to engage their minds, right? Mm -hmm. That they develop a love of reading. Now, everybody is not going to be a reader, right? Right. right. But, but you can create a climate or create an environment um, where there is a better love, a greater love of reading, would you say? But yeah. I think often we don't get there because our kids are so overwhelmed with yeah. access to technology. That's right. That's right. And, and, you know, the things we had to do in school, you know, and we didn't have the devices. And so, you know, we were forced to even like in playtime, you we went outside and you was forced to do things and come up with things. I was the only child for eight years. <laughs> so, and we, you know, we <laughs> had, creativity. We had, yeah, we had to yes. be creative. We had, you know, television and things like that, but not like it is now. And so you were forced to like, if you want to have fun, you had to do it on your own unless one of your friends w was outside. So I'm really hoping I'm really hoping that we can have an honest conversation about this, because I think a lot of times and I, I kind of alluded to this earlier. I think a lot of times when you talk about technology and kids access to technology, mm -hmm. um, parents begin to feel very defensive. Mm -hmm. um, and there are many reasons why parents can feel defensive. Yeah. Um, but I think sometimes even the solutions that may be available um, for the ailments that would be um, over exposure to mm. technology, mm -hmm. those solutions aren't really appreciated because getting to the solution seems to imply that you have failed in a certain way or that you're not doing something that you're supposed to do. So anyway, hopefully we can tackle that. I think we have our guests on. Yes. Uh, so let me just introduce them and so we can get right into it and make the most of the time that we have left. Uh, Dr. Gary Chapman, probably probably for many of our listeners, um, will not need a whole lot of introduction. So many people familiar with the blessing that has been the five love languages mm -hmm. um, in their relationships, in their families. Um, also the director of Marriage and Family Life Consultants. He travels the world presenting seminars and he hosts his radio program, which airs on more than 400 stations. Wow. He and his wife, Carolyn, live in North Carolina. And the Arlene Pelican is also our guest today. She's a speaker and author of several books, including including Parents Rising, 31 Days to a Happy Husband. Hey, hey. And we have we don't have a huh? copy of that. We don't <laughs> we it's okay. One. We don't need no, it, Arlene. Yeah. We don't no, we need, need it. One. We need no. it. <laughs> anyway, today no, they happy. join us to talk about <laughs> the reboot and the new boot. Uh this is Screen Kids, which they originally did in twenty fourteen, if I remember what I read correctly. And uh, now, though, with uh, the onset of technology and the use of it uh, for school, uh, mm. we're going to talk about why this has changed and why they felt they needed to re-release this book or to update this book. Yeah. And then also grandparenting screen kids. All right. Dr. Gary Chapman, Arlene Pelican, thank you guys for joining the Addisons. We appreciate it. Thank you. We're glad to be with you today. Now, listen, um, First of all, and I kind of tried to set this up just a little bit. Um, when you start talking about technology and you start talking about exposing kids to technology and the use of technology, you can step on toes. You can ruffle mm. feathers. Um, a lot of times parents feel like you're accusing them outright of being a mm. bad parent um, if they don't check your boxes. So let's just get this right out right off the bat. That's exactly what we're doing. We're saying you're horrible <laughs> parents and that you're failing. And so now since we're all clear on that, we can have an honest conversation where no one is offended. No, I'm just joking. Um, the reason we wanted to do this show is because it's true that technology is increasing with our kids yeah. involved in things like Zoom classes. And um, now it seems that t the technology is more necessary than it once was. It's not even, you know, kind of leisure time. It's more that you have to be on it. Uh, what are the things that we are finding with the increase in technology, the effects of that on our children? And Dr. Chapman, I'd like to start with you. 
Yeah, well, I think uh, no question about it. You know, uh, schools, for example, in the last year uh, would either do nothing or do it on Zoom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if, you know, public schools at least. Yeah. And so uh, I think uh, we don't want to downplay that. I mean, certainly that's better than nothing in terms of educating children. So you're exactly right. Uh, they've been exposed far more uh, to screens just by necessity for school, mm. uh, which I think makes it all the more important that as parents and grandparents, we make sure the children, when they're not doing school online, they're involved in other things, you know, mm. such as playing in the backyard or <laughs> yeah. reading books or uh, all sorts of things, you know, uh, because if they are on school all day on, online and then when they're offline, they're playing video games, <laughs> we are pushing them, as it were toward being addicted to the screen. And that's Mm. absolutely not what we want to do. Mm. No, and now that's, you know, I'm glad that we're already getting into the territory where we start to talk about addiction because I think that that's a scary word for parents. And I think that even when they start to see signs, and I want to kind of spell those out, and Arlene, I'm coming to you next here because I think that there are signs that our kids are, um, for lack of a better way to put it, overstimulated. Like they are overexposed to technology, and maybe we miss those signs because, frankly, it's inconvenient to observe it because then that means we have to do something about it. But when we talk about addiction, What are we seeing in kids that kind of will signal to us that there's just too much screen activity there? Right. And when you think of that word addiction, you know, think of can your child pull away from a certain technology? You know, could your child go many days without playing a video game or lots of days without YouTube or lots of days with social media and not have any problem? You know, or is that pull so strong that it's starting to destroy other parts of their life? whether it's homework, relationships, a hobby they used to have. They used to play soccer. Now they won't play because they won't play games and stuff, things like that. So what you're going to notice as a mom, dad, grandparent, you're going to say, wait a minute, my child used to really love this activity, and now they're like, nah, you know, I'd rather just stay home and with my tablet. Your child is moody. Your child is more depressed than normal. Your child gets angry very easily. They're mm. forgetful. They're disorganized. They're defiant. They're impulsive. Um, they're not empathetic towards other people. They have poor social skills. So, you know, and, and just like you were saying with the parents, the parents are thinking, oh, my goodness, I, I can check off a lot of those boxes. You know? <laughs> right. So these are warning signs. These are signs that say, hey, you know what? We are not drifting towards good health. You know, mm. we're drifting towards things that are potentially very destructive to your child's mind and their body. So that's our warning to say, wait a minute, I need to do something. Um, so it could be you could ask yourself with your child, if they play video games, do they have to play every single day? You know, mm. and if they mm. have to play every single day or else it's a meltdown, it's a fight, it's this big World War II, then you start to realize, okay, that's probably too much. If your child is more casual They can play with a friend for an hour and then not play for five days straight, and they don't even think about it, don't even talk about it. It's probably like, okay, that's that's working. But you see your child is at risk when they're, you know, they know they're only supposed to play during the weekend, Mm -hmm. but every weeknight they're asking, can I play, can I play, can I play? Then you know, okay, this child is, you know, at risk Mm -hmm. for becoming addicted. And the thing is, it used to be so clear, like, okay, my child is smoking, my child is drinking, like, this is clearly, you know, mm-hmm. a terrible substance that you should not be addicted to. Yeah. But when it's screen time, 
it's that bundling of there are good uses of screens and there are bad uses of screens. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a Dr. Victoria Dunkley that that um, really studies this addiction and talks about how screen time really is like a drug because it's a stimulant, not like non un, not unlike caffeine and and nicotine and even cocaine, and wow. it changes the brain chemistry. And these are the things that parents we need to realize that just because everyone else is watching X, Y, and Z or spending this many hours. You know, they said during uh, the pandemic, you know, kids are spending seven and a half hours just for entertainment every day, only entertainment, not even school. You know, that is a lot of hours. Over one year, that's 114 full days just for fun. So we we are overdoing a lot of things. Oh, my goodness. You know, this becomes um, a mission and a labor of love when we see our kids and the amount of time they're spending spending on their devices and and the way it kind of draws them in. When a parent steps in to say, "Okay, we're going to pull back on this, we are going to have some controlled times for viewing and for using these devices. Dr. Chapman, this becomes an expression of love. And yet when a parent goes to implement some of these plans, it doesn't feel like they are (laughs) loving the kid. And how do you even implement that? If you've gone so far where (laughs) it's like you've, you've allowed this, like, what do you even begin? Do you just cold Turkey? Okay, let's turn it off. Like, how do you begin (laughs) to do that? You know, I I think sometimes we have to begin with an apology. Mm. (laughs) And just say as a parent, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, honey, I've been reading some things and learning some things myself because mm-hmm. I'm always trying to learn how to be a better parent. And one of the things I've realized is I've let you do some things that aren't really good for you long term. Mm-hmm. You know, or I've given you uh, an instrument or something that I really should not have given you quite yet. Uh, and so I'm sorry for that. Mm-hmm. And I'm, uh, we're going to make some changes. So, you know, mm-hmm. kind of that approach where you're not preaching to them so much mm-hmm. as you are acknowledging your own sense of, you know, oh, I, I haven't done this very well here. Yeah. And, and and don't expect the kids just to clap their hands and say, oh, wonderful, you know. Because <laughs> kids have the same nature we have, which is self-centeredness, you know. <laughs> yeah. My way is the right way. Mm. Uh, so expect some of that. But remember, you're the parent. Mm-hmm. They're the child. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what you want to do is not what the child wants all the time. Mm. What you want to do is what's best for them. That's precisely what God does for us. Mm. Aren't you glad he doesn't answer all of our prayers? Man. Oh, yes. <laughs> the way we want them answered? Right. No, right. no, no, no. Sometimes he says, no, that, that's not what I want for you right now, you know. Mm. So, that's so good. Uh, just realize there, there will be a struggle, but it's worth it long term. Mm. You know, I like what you alluded to there, Dr. Chapman. You talked about, um, kind of touched on just a little bit modeling. And I'm wondering if, Arlene, you can kind of like unpack that a little bit for us. Like, what are some of the things that parents can do that will model healthy technology use or healthy screen time. Um, You guys even kind of explore this idea of a digital Sabbath. That may be new for a lot of our listeners. Help us understand that. Yeah. So I have my three kids are in seventh grade, ninth grade and 11th grade. And I think what you're modeling, that's what they're noticing. So that digital Sabbath is you take a certain time. So it could be for one family, they did it Friday night. When they went to bed, they turned off their modem and they did not turn it back on again until Monday morning. So can you imagine, Mm. can you survive, you know, all the way over the weekend? And what they were trying to do in their home was foster this thing where, hey, on the weekend, we're going to connect to each other and nothing's going to stand in the way of that. Now, of course, the first couple of weeks, they admitted that it was awful. All of them were like, what are we supposed to do all weekend? And they all like walked to their devices and like, what? But after a, a time, like after two months, 
they realize, wow, we're starting to like this. We're starting to have new rhythms. We're picking up hobbies. We're doing things. We're exploring together. We're reading. We're spending time with friends. And they liked it. And they actually mm. looked forward to the time where they could unplug and they wouldn't have to always check every five minutes if there was something they had to respond to. So I think if we can catch that glimpse of it's going to be hard to make a change to reset yeah. at first. But once you do it, you yes. and your kids will both be like, wow, this is a lot more. This Arlene, feels let me just better. jump in. We got to grab this break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Cam with Healer. I am so sorry. The break, it does not respect us when we're speaking, Arlene. I am so sorry that it grabbed us. And you were making a great point. We were talking about a digital Sabbath. Um, Arlene Pelicane and Dr. Gary Chapman are our guests today. Mm -hmm. And we are talking about Screen Kids, uh, their book, and also Grandparenting Screen Kids, which in this segment, I kind of want to lean in a little bit on that. Because um, brother and sister, uh, you kind of go to meddling in the grandparenting one. Just there's just a little, bit, just a little bit of like kind of getting in, just getting into people's mailboxes and looking at their bills and stuff. Um, but I I do want to talk about it because I think it's so helpful and I think it's very instructive for where we are as a culture. I just want to give you an opportunity, Arlene, to kind of wrap up there because we were talking about this. Um, digital Sabbath and you were using this anecdote of this family that implemented this. And at first it was really hard, but in the end, what did they discover? They discovered when we go offline, you know, individually. So there's a big difference. If a family gets together, they say, Hey, we're going to watch a movie together. That's something that that's bonding the family. But what typically happens is every single member of the family has their personal device, right? So they can Mm. watch exactly what entertainment they want. (laughs) And that's that's different. So when this family said, Hey, we're not going to do that individualized screen time. All of a sudden they found it a time to look forward to. So what this might look in your home is screen-free mealtime. Make sure that when it's mealtime mm-hmm. that the screens, including yours, are put away. They're not That's on right. in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe it's a certain night of the week that's Thursday night game night where you guys don't go to your individual devices, but instead you guys play one game together. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's one day, like a Sunday that you do it and you say, hey, between church and the evening, we're not going to go online. Mm-hmm. So there are mm-hmm. different things that you can do. And I think when they see you as a parent, you know, sometimes my husband will say, hey, I'm going on a one-month news fast. Like, I'm not going to check any news site for one month. <laughs> yeah. They'll see me, and I'll put uh, on, like, a 15-minute screen limit on my Instagram so that, okay, I need to go on there to post something, but I'm not going to spend much time there. So mm-hmm. let them kind of watch how you handle technology and talk about it with them. Awesome. Dr. Chapman, what becomes um, sort of the uh, spiritual outcome of this and the health of the family? And 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 I'm wondering if you can paint a picture emotionally um, for us, because I think that there are some people who hear this and it sounds like more of a chore, but I think if we had the picture painted of what we experience emotionally and what we experience relationally, then maybe it becomes more appealing and something that we seek after rather than kind of shun because it just feels too difficult. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, you know, part of our purpose in writing this book is to help parents recognize that we have to prepare our children for relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, life's greatest meaning is not found in things. 
It's found in relationships, first mm-hmm. of all with God, of course, mm-hmm. but then family relationships and then beyond that. And if children in our culture spend too much time online, they're not going to have the social skills that are required in order to have positive, healthy relationships. So the earlier we can start the process of interfacing with them and teaching them how to express love, for example, and we give a small recap of the five love languages in the book, Mm -hmm. because one of the greatest needs we have is the need to feel loved by the significant Mm -hmm. people in our lives. And so the parents teaching the child how to receive love, how to give love, because they're going to need that the rest of their life. Yes. And uh, developing uh, the attitude of appreciation, for example, gratitude, you know, for things. And one of the assignments we suggest in the book is, what if you everybody goes to their room and you take a sheet of paper and write down five things that you are thankful for in your room? And then maybe every day that week, we're going to write down five things that we are, that we are thankful for. It doesn't have to all be in our room. And then we had get together at the end of the week, and everybody gets to share. Mm-hmm. Here are the things I'm thankful for this week. And you're building into their lives something that's going to serve them well yeah. the rest of their lives. So, you know, it's not just a matter of, of limiting screens. It's a matter mm-hmm. of teaching them social skills that are going to help them be more effective in their life for God and thus bring deeper satisfaction for them. Dr. Chapman, let's stay here for a second, because what you're doing right now is unpacking those five skills that you guys uh, list in the book that every child needs in a tech driven world. And and I really want to stay here because I think that every parent, grandparent, uh, friend, aunt and uncle can recognize when there's a deficit. We may not be able to put our finger on exactly what the problem is, but everybody knows when they come in contact with a kid who has not developed the way they're supposed to develop. Maybe they are selfish. You know, maybe they think the world revolves around them. They're so used to having everything um, by their own design, right? I set my phone. I have the, the wallpaper. It's, it's everything that I want when I want it. But this adversely shapes a kid's development. So let's talk about those skills, continue to unpack these skills that kids need in a tech-driven world. Well, we mentioned yeah, so we've already. Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go, go ahead. Uh, pick, pick up on that. Uh, I was going to say, so Dr. Chapman has already touched on affection and appreciation. Yes. And the other three skills are anger management, apology, and attention. So can mm-hmm. you, when your child gets angry, do they know how to manage that anger? Apology, can they say, I'm sorry, that was my fault, instead of, well, if she hadn't have done that, I would have never done this. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I'm just going to you know, unfriend you. And the skill of attention, <laughs> right. can your child take a wandering attention and, and, and stay with something, whether it's a sermon, whether it's a math you know, problem, whether it's talking to a friend that's really annoying at the moment, whatever it is, can they take that wandering attention and say, I will have the self-control to sit right here. And so really, if you see that your children have these kinds of skills, you know, it's really interesting because I just recently was reading Second Timothy 3, talking about the end times, what people would be like. And it oh. says, that people would, that they would be disobedient to their parents, mm-hmm. ungrateful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving. And I saw how that overlays in this idea of unloving. You know, so we want our kids to have affection, that they're disobedient to their parents. We want our kids to honor, you know, th- their parents. And then they're unforgiving. They don't know how to say they're sorry. You know, so you see that with the technology and the things that it's feeding, it's not feeding the kind of character skills we really want our kids to have. Mm. Mm. That is so good. That is so insightful. You know, now let's let's turn our attention 
to grandparents because there are many grandparents listening to our program today and yeah. they're like, I tell you, I just don't know what to do. Yeah. I, I try to talk to the girl and her fingers moving up and down on the phone and she doesn't even look up at me. And I'm not even <laughs> sure that she's even heard what I said. And then I walk away and I tell the mom she's been disrespectful. And the mom says, what, what has she done? Well, she won't even look at me. She, oh, that's just normal behavior. Mm. And grandparents are like, well, not in my day. So Dr. Chapman, <laughs> help the grandparents who are listening right now. Since I am a grandparent, <laughs> let, me, let me first of all point out some, the positive things about technology, because my grandchildren live two and a half hours away from us, you know, mm -hmm. and to be able to FaceTime with them, you know, and see them and talk with them, mm -hmm. to send them photos like when I'm traveling, uh, yeah, there's a lot of positive things about that. And so we're not downplaying technology. We're grateful for technology. But uh, I do think that often there's a conflict in the grandparent's mind with what they're seeing in the grandchild, especially if they live close together and spend a lot of time with them, exactly what you described. And so one of the things I would say to grandparents is uh, uh, recognize that you're a grandparent. You're not the parent. The parent has the fundamental responsibility for this mm. child, okay? Mm -hmm. But it's okay for you to have different rules about technology at your house That's good. than they have at their house. And so if she says, well, my mommy lets me do this. No, no, no. Well, honey, that's wonderful when you're at home. But now we're at grandmother's <laughs> house. At grandmother's house, here's what we do, you know? Yeah. And yeah. that child, once they realize that the climate's different here and mm. we do different things here but what we do at home, uh, the child's going to get into it because they they want to do things deep down inside, and they find satisfaction when they're doing mm. things with you other than being on the screen. So, to me, that's uh, that's you know the biggest thing is just saying to them, uh, we do things differently at grandmother's house, and and they'll come to want to be more at grandmother's house. I think. Mm. Now you know that's interesting, Dr. Chapman. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, press here just a little bit, and Arlene, kind of get your take on this because it is interesting to me that there is, and perhaps this is a right presumption, that when the grandparent says we do things differently here, it's going to tilt toward doing things that would be less time on the device. What if it is tilted in the opposite direction? Ooh. What if at grandparents' home, it's sort of like, oh, sure, dear, whatever you want. Seven <laughs> scoops of ice cream and seven hours of YouTube kids and all of these things. And the parent is like, Mom, no, we don't allow that. Please, you have to have cutoff times. This, too, could cause problems. Arlene, how, how are we set up to deal with this? Yeah, and so that's the opposite of that parent saying, okay, no, 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 we can't do it. And now that person is the parent, so they are allowed to say those things. Mm -hmm. But you have to understand, of course, for the grandparent, they may be thinking, like, my goodness, I'm exhausted. Like, I can only keep up 15 minutes with this kid. And so if I don't use the tablet and I don't use TV, what in the world am I supposed to do? And then that's hard for the oh, grandparent boy. because they thought, I thought I would have this happy, joyous, peaceful retirement, and I'm exhausted all the time. Mm. So, the you know, the, the adult child has to recognize that and I think show very a lot of gratitude towards that grandparent of thank you, thank you, thank you so much for watching, you know, your grandson, your granddaughter. We couldn't do this without you. Here's what we're learning about screen time. Our child isn't doing as well in school because they're very distracted or they're mm -hmm. not really connecting with their friends because instead they're doing this on the tablet. Can you help us? And I think if you recruit those grandparents to say, 
can you help us to, to develop this child in ways that are not screen related? Maybe it's an instrument you can teach them. Maybe it's cooking you can teach them. Maybe you can whatever, you know, skill, craft that that grandparent has to pass on to that child, really just try to ignite that can you be a help in this area? And so can we do less screens and instead could you do, you know, cooking with them? And this also comes for the parent to be able to train their child so that when they do go to grandma and grandpa's, they can survive with two or three hours without screens, right? Because it's not really fair if they can't survive two to three hours at home without screens, but you expect them to do that at grandma and grandpa's and they have to do acrobats, you know, to keep your children (laughs) entertained. So part of it comes with practice, like, hey, we're going to practice at home not having screens for two to three hours. Here are blocks, here are cards, here are board games, you know, whatever it is, whatever age and development your kids are at, and have them be able to, you know, entertain themselves without mm. screens. And I think that's a great partnership to show that you're, both homes are trying. Both homes are trying for this common goal. You know, uh, one, oh, go I was say one thing that I've noticed, too, is if you're able to train, try to train your, your kids at home as far as the screen time, you know, a lot of times we want our children to sit still in church and to do, you know, but it's like if they are constantly on, on screens at home, that's harder to do, you know, when you're, when you're somewhere right. else. And so you, you want uh, what you desire to see, like in certain places, but you have to start that at home, right? That's so true. <laughs> it's actually, you know, online church through COVID, that was a perfect opportunity to be like, okay, sit right here on the couch, watch our pastor, here is some, you know, paper and pencils, and you can color, do whatever you want, but you need to sit and pay attention. You know, you yeah. can kind of work out the kinks. So by the time they actually went in the church, they could, they could handle it a bit better. Man, it's so true. And I, I'm thinking about uh, when I was growing up, how your mom just gave you that look oh, that said, right. when we get home, <laughs> yeah. and, and you didn't have to worry about that with online churches. You know what? We are home. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, I want to do this. We're going to run out of time, but I really found um, a little bit of a nugget in and, and, and the ministry of both of these books. But there was an unexpected nugget for me that I wanted to ask either Dr. Chapman or Arlene to just kind of unpack here. But you guys talked about like the caregiver, uh, the clash of the caregivers, and you talked about resentment. And I'm not going to take too long to set this up. But you talked about and you just touched on this, Arlene, but I want to go back to it. The grandparent who has agreed to help the child with the grandkids who is feeling like, you know, I'm tired. And, and there may be times where I need to do this or I need to do that. And they don't really know how to express that. In fact, there was a stranger I ran into in the grocery store one day who was in this situation and started expressing it to me. Hmm. And so I want you to address that, if you will. Yeah, I want to say something short and then give it to Dr. Chapman. So my parents live five minutes away from me, and they've been helping me to take my middle schooler to and from school every day. And so that's kind of been their job. And then whenever they can't do that, then I do it. And so I recently just jotted off a a note. Remember those? A handwritten note, like a card, (laughs) Mm -hmm. just saying, thank you so much for being available to pick up Lucy. That's been so helpful, blah, blah, blah. And I sent, and I actually put a stamp on it and they got it in their mail versus, you know, I see them all the time, but I mailed it to them. And they were so touched by that. So even just like the smallest piece of gratitude, it goes a long way. Mm. That's so good. Dr. Chapman. Yeah, I think uh, whenever a grandparent does, however, feel overwhelmed, you know, that they feel like it's too much. I can't spend as much time, do as many things, you know, for the grandchild. There is a place to be honest with your adult child and to say, honey, I know that I've been taking care of them, you know, da-da-da-da-da, but uh, I've realized 
it's just too much for me. I'm going to have to have a little break. And you talk about what the break might be. And, and chances are your adult child is going to understand that. Uh, because every every grandparent needs some time alone. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. we raised our children. Now, we, <laughs> now, I know that there's some grandparents who are raising their grandchildren. Yeah. They live in the home with them, you know. True. And uh, that that obviously is different. You can't if the, if the adult child is either deceased or un- irresponsible, mm-hmm. then it's a wonderful way for grandparents to invest their lives yes. in raising their grandchildren. So yes. I think we need to pray for them and encourage those grandparents. And I hope that churches are also reaching out to the grandparents in that situation. Dr. Chapman, uh, I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to cut in. We only have about 10 seconds left. I want to say the books are Screen Kids and Grandparenting Screen Kids. We're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.